This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. What's going on? Welcome into In the Zone here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 as well on your FM dial. I am Jackson Schneider. I'll be joined here shortly by James Wessling, my trusty cohort. But to start today's show off, of course, it is a high school football Friday here in and around the Salina area. I just want to go over some of the big games we've got in our area and especially on our Meridian Media Network coming up later tonight. So let's start with perhaps one of the bigger wins from last week, the Abilene Cowboys. They snapped a 25 game losing skid last week with a a close win over Marysville. They are 1-0 now, and they will take to the road for the first time to take on 1-0 Concordia. And Trent Sanchez and Ron Preston will have the call of that one. It will air at uh, 6.45 for pregame, 7 o'clock on 1560. The general KABI, again, Abilene at Concordia, will be on KABI. Then... On this very station, coming up at 6.45 and again 7 o'clock for kickoff, the Salinas Central Mustangs will take their 1-0 record onto the road, and they'll take on the Goddard Eisenhower Tigers, who are 0-1. These two have played several close matchups over the last couple of years, with Goddard getting the better of Central, actually, each of the last three or four times they've played, but they've always been decided by about one possession. So this one will certainly be worth paying attention to. Again, Central at Eisenhower here on KS. Sale kickoff at 7 o'clock. Over on Y93.7, two 0-1 squads, and that might seem a little bit surprising when I reveal who they are going to be, but Salina South lost last week to Salina Central. They are 0-1, and they will play host to the 6A powerhouse Derby Panthers, who got beat last week in overtime by Manhattan. So they, too, are 0-1 on the year. So both those teams looking for their first victory. You can hear the action with myself on the call over on Y93.7, 6.45 for the pregame show, 7 o'clock kickoff against South and Derby. Over on FM 104.9 tonight, our Meridian Media Game of the Week is a pair of 1-0 squads as the Minneapolis Lions look to build off their win over Republic County, and they will be here in Salina at the Graves Family Sports Complex and, of course, the newly named JRI Stadium at the Graves Family Sports Complex as they will take on the 1-0 Sacred Heart Knights. The Knights snapped a long losing skid in Week 1 with a one-point win over Wichita Trinity, 20-19. to 19. So both those teams fighting to stay undefeated, and it should be a really competitive one. Two teams with really, really athletic defenses could be a kind of a low-scoring contest, but should be a great, great game. Todd Cynical and Jacob Simpson will have your call of that one on FM 104.9. Again, Minneapolis at Sacred Heart, your Meridian Media Game of the Week, 7 o'clock first 
excuse me, 7 o'clock kickoff on FM 104.9. Then over on the KSAL.com audio stream, Clark Sanders will have the call of the L. Celine Cardinals, who are now 1-0 in their first season back in eight-man since 1993. They will host the 0-1 Hanover Wildcats, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff again at the KSAL.com audio stream, L. Celine and Hanover. Other games to watch for, though, in our area – the Ellsworth Bearcats, 1-0 off of a surprising win over the Beloit Trojans. They will be on the road at Republic County. Republic County 0-1 after their loss to Minneapolis. And then the probably the bigger matchup of the games not on our stations this week. Southeast of Saline, the number one team in Class 2A. They are 1-0. They will be at Beloit. And we just mentioned they fell to Ellsworth in Week 1, so that should be a great contest. Beloit looking to get on the board for the first time this season, while Southeast of Saline looks to keep that train right on rolling. The Smoky Valley Vikings are 0-1, and they will be on the road at Haven. The Haven Wildcats are 1-0 on the season. The Vikings trying to get their first win, and it'll be a tough one on the road again at Haven. Then to the eight-man ranks, the 1-0 Wakefield Bombers are going to Solomon, who is also 1-0, and the Gorillas will look to continue the strong start to their season after a 48-0 thumping of Rural Vista last week. And then Mound Ridge will be at Bennington. Both those squads are 0-1 looking for their first victories. The Bulldogs trying to shake off a bit of a thumping in their own right a week ago, uh, but Bennington and Moundridge as well. That's a quick whip around of some of the big games to keep an eye out for for high school games tonight. We'll take a quick time out and be back with some college football talk right after this on In the Zone on 1150 KSAL. Next Tech Wireless Studio. This is in the zone on 1150 KSAL 106.7 FM. With myself, Jackson Schneider, James Wesley, here today as well. Lowest rates, flexible plans, and exceptional customer service and coverage everywhere you are. Say goodbye to being just a number and say hello to something different at Next Tech Wireless. It's time now to take a look at the K State and KU. Slates ahead of us this weekend. The Jayhawks is where we'll start today. They got a win on Friday night last week over Tennessee Tech, 56-10. to Kansas kind of flexed their muscles a little bit, but again, it was just Tennessee Tech, and there's been kind of a lot of talk about that and what KU might look like against, quote-unquote, a real opponent. Well, it doesn't sound like confidence is an issue for the Jayhawks. They are confident in what they're building, what they are doing, and I think people are starting to take some notice nationally. This game at West Virginia for them tomorrow, the line started out at about 17. It has since dipped to about 14 points in favor of Kansas, so the line moving more towards a belief that Kansas is going to maybe keep this close and might have a good shot to win. But uh, let's hear some some words from the head football coach there in Lawrence to kind of get a better feel for how they're feeling in-house. Here is Lance Leipold, the head football coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. And going back to Friday then, now that you've had the chance to look at the film again, what do you feel like you learned about your team after game one? You know, um, things that we're hoping to see, that we have good depth, uh, you know, and, you know, within the drop, or I say between the guy who maybe went out there first, the guy that went out second, um, we got some good things there. Um, we we handled our business in a in a game that you know uh, 
you know, in all respect to where, you know, Tennessee Tech's in a building process themselves. And, and that was a game that uh, we probably should have handled and, and, and didn't, didn't let that get away from us or, or, or play through it the way we needed to, I guess, is the, the best way to say that. So I appreciate that approach to us. We, we generated those bigger plays. We, we created, um, you know, you saw what Lonnie was able to do. You know, a lot of things there that, that kind of played off each other. So, um, and then, of course, in coaching, uh, true coaching uh, fashion, we uh, saw plenty of things that have to improve. And uh, and those are, are being addressed already, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. Well, I come to my own little deal. Whoever this Sirius XM in Topeka stop calling me, okay? I'm not taking your call, okay? They call hey, like twice a day. Coach Neil Brown had kind of a passionate message on Twitter for their fan base about losing a rivalry game and how much they'd invested in it. How difficult is it to be in that spot where – especially the first game of the year, you're playing a rival, to be able to turn the page as a program, forget about what just happened, the bad, and go forward. Well, um, you know, I'm not not in their shoes per se, but, you know, that was a big game that they hadn't played in a long time. And, um, you know, there's a lot of positives to that by playing on Thursday night. Um, probably, you know, great energy focus and, you know, emotional energy can be spent and, you know, but it was a Thursday game and now we play on Saturday. So, um, you know, young men across the country are pretty resilient. Okay. So I think, and then to follow it up with a, with, with a uh, conference game probably is probably the next best thing to grab, grab a team's attention. That's, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on what we need to do. I know Neil is, uh, you know, we, you know, we've played him, obviously, last year. We competed against him when he was at Troy. He's an outstanding coach. He's an outstanding offensive mind. And um, they've done a good job, uh, you know, making additions to their program. And I know he'll have them ready Saturday night. JT Daniels played at USC, played at Georgia. He's their starter now at quarterback. Uh, Donaldson was listed at tight end and played running back. And blocked punt, had Newcomer of the Year honors in the Big 12. So he was probably a surprise to Pittsburgh, but after watching him on tape for a game, what were your observations on CJ? Pretty nice, uh, you know, uh, what do they say, uh, first time uh, playing in college football. That's a pretty big, uh, um, you know, uh, first start, uh, what, you know, Obviously, if they listed him there, played him in other spots, not only for a freshman can handle a lot. He's uh, very talented on special teams, a big body to tackle. He's a he's a special athlete that uh, obviously uh, they did a great job evaluating and getting him there. And I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll continue to find ways to utilize him. And and that's going to be a challenge for us anytime you have um, some with that type of athletic ability, along with. You mentioned JT Daniels, a very experienced. He's been through um, a lot of things in his career and um, experience environments won't bother him. Um, he's back in an offensive system in which he started his college career. Um, so he's, you could see it uh, on film, very comfortable in that. And uh, you can see they're operating at a pretty good level. And that was, uh, that, that was quite a football game that could have went either direction uh, Thursday night. Lance, you, you mentioned uh, grabbing their attention with, with the conference game. Mm -hmm. Same for you guys, obviously. Yeah. And, and Friday night after your win, there were a lot of guys in here 
your guys talking about, yeah, but that's next. Yeah, but that's next. Did did you emphasize that um, in the offseason leading up to that, or was that them, or where did that come you from? You know, there were some guys in the locker room I was very impressed with, even some guys who don't speak up a whole lot that, that were very much in that mindset right away, and um, that that's a great sign of maturity and understanding and that uh, – yeah, let's celebrate this. Let's enjoy this. But yes, there, there's more to come and there's more that's going to happen. And, and the challenges are going to increase in, in a lot of different ways, uh, you know, by leaps and bounds here very quickly. And, and, uh, and, and to see that is encouraging, you know, it really is. And it's, uh, and we have to maintain that mindset as we go through because, uh, you know, this is a, a, a challenging schedule that we have to be ready for each and every week. Again, that was Lance Leipold, the head football coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. They are on the road for the first time this year as they head to Morgantown, West Virginia tomorrow afternoon to take uh, take on the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. 3.30 pregame, 5 o'clock kickoff. You can catch the action on our sister station, Y93.7. Again, 3.30 pregame, 5 o'clock kickoff, Kansas and West Virginia tomorrow afternoon. Now let's flip things over to the K-State side of things. They also had a very nice win in week one, flexing their muscles, a 34 to nothing win over the South Dakota Coyotes. K-State never was in doubt. They scored on the first play of the game and uh, blocked a punt and did a lot of things really well. But in their, own, in their own right, you know, it wasn't the biggest of competition. Maybe it shouldn't have been, uh, but that is a decent FCS school in South Dakota. But K-State has a much bigger test, much like Kansas, this week. The Wildcats welcome in Missouri to renew an old rivalry uh, this week. That game will start off at 11 a.m., but here is the head football coach of the Kansas State Wildcats, Chris Kleiman. Excited about uh, getting a chance to uh, play Missouri again. Uh, it's been a while. At, uh, K-State and Missouri have hooked up, but uh, I know our fans are excited about it and uh, our players are excited. We had our first uh, team meeting back uh, yesterday and then had a practice um, yesterday, I know the fans will be cranked up, but we had a uh, a great, great crowd last last Saturday at the Bill. Uh, it was an electric crowd. I know our kids really appreciated the the fans coming out, the the students. Uh, our band's as good as as always, and uh, it was a great atmosphere. And I, I know our players really appreciated that. So I want to thank the thank the fans, and I uh, challenge them even this week. It's going to need to be even uh, even louder and more electric, and I think it will be for this great game. So. We'll start our prep today uh, with our pads on and, and uh, get a plan together. It was shocking first question, but do you have an update on Taylor Portier or Sean Robinson? Yeah, TP, it's, it's a cruel thing, man. He, he, he tore uh, a, a knee again, and he'll be out for the season. It's uh, awful. How come the sometimes the cruelest things happen to the best kids? And um, so it was uh, – was confirmed with us on Sunday afternoon that that was the case. And so he'll be lost for the season. And my heart goes out for him because of all he did to get himself back. And um, he'll get surgery once uh, we get swelling and stuff down. And then uh, uh, regarding Sean and, and Josh, we're it, too early to tell this week if they'll be back ready to play. I thought I'd address Josh, Josh as well. So, um, hopefully get him back. We're not sure. What have you been able to kind of glean from watching the Missouri offense so far? Uh, multiple. Uh, really do a nice job running the football. Uh, they've got a, a, a kind of a wide zone or stretch uh, run game and some counter that uh, is really effective. Really good guys up front. Uh, a number of backs that uh, can sprinkle in. And then um, 
very very dynamic at the wide receiver position. Um, guys that can hit home runs, whether it's through the vertical passing game or jet sweeps or just getting the ball out in space. Uh, they do a lot of things. It's going to be a big challenge for us. I'm uh, um, assuming Panzer will slide in and play right guard this week for you. That, that's the plan. Uh, we'll move some other guys around to continue to get a rotation, but uh, right now Hadley will start at right guard and you know Liney will play a, a little bit more um, he's a guy that can be versatile and play a couple different spots uh, Carver will still play some uh, Sam Hecht we got to continue to push and get him um, maybe more more reps in practice so he's ready Dawson Del Forge uh, more reps in practice so he'll be ready Specifically with Hadley, how versatile of a lineman is he that he can be your backup center and your, your starting guard? It's pretty unique uh, and it's uh, uh, something he's worked on a bunch to get himself ready at center and uh, and now you know he he'd always played some guard because we took some reps off of Biebs and 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 TP in fall camp so he's had a lot of reps at guard throughout fall camp so it's not going to be foreign to him uh, but uh, uh, the fact that uh, he knows all the calls and um, Gilly played really well so I'm excited to uh, keep him at center and have uh, Hadley play right guard. You guys played a lot of personnel on defense. Uh, after you went back and watched it a little more closely on replay, who stood out to you as some of the top performers? Uh, you know, let's see. Um, well, Austin Moore played really well for his first start. You know, think we think of him as a veteran kid, and it was his first start. He did a really nice job. I was ex I was excited about some new players. Uh, Uso made a couple of good plays. Damian made a couple of good plays. I thought Omar Daniels did some good things. Um, you know, Desmond Purnell did some did some nice things. Some guys that that are really new. Kobe Savage is a really good football player. I think everybody saw um, how he flies around and can make some plays. And then uh, getting sincere back really helped us because um, he plays. He understands our defense so well, and he he's getting himself um, as close to healthy. It's not quite been a full year, but close to healthy. And so between he and Drake Cheatham, we split those snaps. But played a lot of guys, and we're going to probably do the same this week. One more for you, and I'll give it to somebody yep. else. But um, when I was looking back at one play in particular, the the play where they ran the uh, the corner blitz and they got to Adrian, um, the guy went in there untouched. Whose responsibility is that on the play to pick up a block like that? Is it the receiver uh -huh. or an offensive lineman? It was probably an offensive lineman or a back, but it was a delayed blitz, and we just missed it. They made a they they had a real good timing to it, and um, I think we missed some communication on it because he came a little late. Um, but uh, without question, we and then they came later on, and we did pick it up. Uh, it was something we hadn't seen, and then uh, they came later on with the same blitz. We did pick it up, but uh, it was a good call by those guys. Coach, a little bit earlier, you talked about how dynamic Missouri's wide receiver core is. Do you feel like it's a big opportunity for your defensive backs, and particularly that safety group this weekend? Well, um, everybody, you know, safeties and corners alike, uh, to have a great challenge with uh, uh, some really um, dynamic receivers and. Um, there's going to be a lot of motions and shifts, and uh, they're as good a trick play gadget team as there is, too. They, they run a lot of reverses, reverse pass, flea flickers, um, double passes, and we, we have to make sure that uh, we're really disciplined in the back end because uh, I think they do a tremendous job of showing you one thing and the next time showing you the, uh, the same look and having a trick play or gadget play from it and uh, execute those at a high level. And so uh, we have to have great eyes and great discipline, and it's going to be a big challenge for the secondary. And, you know, you hope uh, we can put some pressure uh, on the quarterback or a pressure on some of the um, gadget plays with, with, you know, whether it's four and five-man stuff to uh, make it a little bit harder to get those off.
Again, that was Kansas State head football coach Chris Kleiman with some audio there ahead of their test with Missouri. That game is at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Pre-game starts at 9 a.m. here on 1150 KSAL and 106.7 FM. It will immediately follow our high school coaches corner, which will air from 8 to 9 a.m. And then again, right into K-State pregame and kick off at 11 for the Cats and the Tigers as they renew their rivalry for the first time since, I think, 2011. So it should be a really fun day in Manhattan. And uh, sellout is expected. Should be actually one of the largest crowds ever at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. They're expecting north of 53,000 in attendance, so that'll put it certainly up there in terms of attendance numbers. But we'll talk a little bit more about this in our next segment. We'll wrap up the week when we come back and and do our college and uh, NFL picks for the first time in 2022. I'm Jackson Schneider, and this is In the Zone on 1150 KSAL. Welcome back to In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 on your FM dial. I am Jackson Schneider with James Wessling as we turn to our picks segment for the first time in 2022. Uh, we missed out on it last week. James was super busy with all your broadcaster oh, stuff. You ha, ha, ha. So we just missed out on that segment last week, but that's okay. There's some better games to choose from, I think, this week anyways. Uh, not so many uh, ho-hum games against FCS teams, etc. There's several top 25 matchups and some better games for our local schools as well. And James, you do not know these games. Let's make that clear. I have not told you what I'm picking, what I have selected for us. However, I have not really looked at them either. So, no real advantage for me personally. No, I actually really like this methodology. Last time we did uh, a picks segment on this show. We like had all day to think about it. We shared it on a Google Doc, and mm-hmm. it was almost too much overthinking. So I actually really like this new method, the Jackson, that you've brought to the table. Of let's just go with it. Let's just see what happens. I just almost broke my microphone. You did almost break your mic. It's making a Sorry lot of noise. I hope the listeners can hear that. It was it's, it, the the bar was. I couldn't make eye that contact. That thing needs some WD forty. It does. It, it needs is a lot of work. Excruciating. That's okay. Are you going to keep track of these picks all yes. season? Uh, I'm going to transfer them to a doc after this after the uh, paper method that we're going to start with. But uh, I'll give you the honors. Um, Would you like to start with college or with pro? You know, I think that pro is actually a lot harder than college. So let's warm up with college. Okay. Yeah. All right. The first one is probably one of the bigger games of the season in terms of the brands. Uh, But the spread is pretty wild. Number one, Alabama is going to Texas tomorrow morning. Games at 11 a.m., I believe, and the Crimson Tide are 20-point favorites. It started at about 16. It's gotten up to 20, and that's where we're going to take the number today. Okay, Alabama minus 20. I think Alabama covers. I think they barely cover. I think it's a 21-point game. Um, maybe a backdoor cover by Texas, but I think just in terms of in the trenches, Alabama so big, so physical. And this is... A little bit of a statement game for Alabama, in my opinion. I so 
my initial thought was Alabama, was to take Alabama. I just wrote it down and then I scribbled it out. I'm taking Texas. And here's on second thought. Because I took Alabama? No. Although we do need to have differing picks on occasion. We will. So my thought is this. In a lot of the games where Alabama has like bigger leads against like power five teams or big games like that, the first half is where they just blow the doors off of them. And the last time I really watched Alabama um, was in the national championship game and in the uh, semifinal game. In the semifinal game, they were dominant in the first half against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati kind of came back a little bit to cover the spread late in that one, if memory serves me right, because Alabama kind of just coasted to the finish line. And I think that that might actually be kind of what happens here. And, and I, I think it might, Texas is going to have more to play for. And if they're down huge, Alabama's going to start resting guys, and Texas is going to want to put a better showing out than that, and they're going to keep fighting until the end. So I think that this, especially with the uh, the 20 number, that's kind of an important number, um, I think that Texas could get back and lose by like 17 or something like that. I could see that. So I'm going to take Texas purely in hopes that the back door will be wide open. That's my thought on that. Um but I would also strongly encourage folks now that gambling is is not illegal uh, to partake in the Alabama first half uh, bet that I love so much. That one will help you out a lot in terms of profiting on occasion. Uh, next game, Tennessee, number 24 in the nation. They are six-point favorites on the road at number 17, Pitt. Pitt, despite being ranked seven spots higher, has been discounted a little bit against an SEC foe, especially for having to struggle as hard as they did against West Virginia in their first game. Uh, James, where do you stand? This one opened at four, and it's growing in favor of Tennessee. I actually like Pitt in this game. I think that Pitt's smash mouth, uh, control the clock style offense is going to drive a spread uh, team like Tennessee absolutely crazy. Pittsburgh is stronger up front defensively. I think they can get pressure on Hayden Hooker. Uh, they have a great scout on him because he was a Virginia Tech guy before Tennessee. These teams know each other really well. The staffs know each other really well. I just think it's going to be closer than six. I think Tennessee wins the game, but I think Pitt covers. I kind of agree. And I, th- I really do think that, that Pitt, the way that they want to run their offense, um, certainly helps them being an underdog a little bit. Uh, their new offensive coordinator wants to pound the rock yes. like crazy. And I think that really helps because Tennessee's an offense that wants to move the ball as fast as possible, try and score a lot of points. But if your opponent hangs onto the ball for the most part, that really favors them. So I, I agree. I'll take Pitt in that one. And I'll take the first pick in this one so you can have a bit of an edge and, and some time to think on this next one. But number 25, Houston is at Texas Tech, and Tech is a four-point favorite at home in Lubbock, despite um, Houston being ranked, again, number 25 in the nation. Texas Tech beat Houston last year by two scores when they played in Houston, uh, but some different situations for each team now. I'm going to take Houston plus four. I actually think they win this game outright. I know that Houston didn't look the best last week um, in terms of, of... 
like just like the eye test. They had to win in multiple overtimes at UTSA, but I don't think people realize actually how good UTSA is and has been. They won the CUSA last year, so that's not an easy win at all, and they fought for it and they got it, and I just think Texas Tech might be a little bit underwhelming, and this is where we find out about it. Plus, you have the revenge factor of losing last year to this very same team. So I'm going to take the Cougs. Did you take Pitt as well? Yes. All right. We're going to be three for three, just copycatting well, I, no, one I, another. I took Texas, remember? Oh, you did I take wanted Texas. to take Bama, right. but okay. I didn't. All right, so we've got one different. I, I like that. I'm going to stick with my Houston pick. A lot of the same reasons you said. Um, Texas Tech has a new coaching staff. I think that people are maybe overlooking that a little bit. They played a Murray State team that they just simply overmatched with their, their skill guys. Houston has one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. He's the best quarterback in the American Athletic Conference this year. Uh, uh, his name, last name is Tune. I think his first name is Caleb. I'd have to go back and look at their uh, box score, which with my OCD I'm doing right now on my phone because this is going to drive me absolutely crazy. Houston's quarterback. Come on, James. Get the stats pulled up. Here's Clayton the Toon? schedule. Is it Clayton? Clayton Tune. Thank you. Clayton Took me Toon. a second to register, but yes. Yeah, that's what I was trying to trying to do there. Clayton Tune. He's a baller, okay? I think Houston goes on the road. I think they also win this game outright. I just think Houston's a better team. I think Texas Tech is going to be about what they were last year, which was a sub-500 team. They went, what, 5-7 and seven last year? Maybe got to 6-6, six and six, if memory serves me correct. I think that's around where they're at this year. I like Houston. Okay. Now, we'll we'll turn to our local teams, and uh, we'll start with Kansas. They're on the road. They are getting 14 points at West Virginia, and uh, we talked with Brian Haney yesterday. This number started at about 17, but it is actually moving in favor of the Jayhawks here over the last couple of days, and again, down to 14, and that is where we'll take it for our picks segment, KU plus 14 at West Virginia. I am taking the Hawks because I am not convinced that West Virginia is two touchdowns better than most teams right now. I think that they played um, much better last week because of who they were playing against and the environment. And uh, just to be honest, they, they kind of were a little bit lucky on some turnovers from West or from Pitt as well that kind of kept them in the game. And despite Pitt needing their own luck to win that game in the end, I just think that they were the better team. Uh, so I'm going to take Kansas, and I think that they will keep it within two scores. Agree 1,000%. If this, if this was 17 or 18... Uh, this would have to be the pick of the week in my eyes. With it being 14, I think worst case scenario, you're looking at a push. I could see West Virginia winning by two touchdowns, which in my eyes would be a disappointment for KU because this is a game I think the Hawks can compete in. Both teams, you know, looked really good in their opener. Even though uh, West Virginia lost, they still outgained Pitt by a healthy margin and probably should have won that game. Uh, I just think KU got better in the offseason than West Virginia did, and that was a really close game at the end of last year. Remember, it was the last game of the year for KU, and KU covered that spread easily, almost won the game. I think that these these experienced players that were with KU last year, because remember, they got, they've got like the 10th most experienced roster in the country. They have almost their entire team back. They've added some transfers. I love the Phelps kid off the edge. I think he's going to be a nightmare for West Virginia's offensive line. I think KU goes into Morgantown and hangs around and maybe wins this game outright. 
That would be pretty crazy. I will say I was looking at this a little bit just because of, of my uh, potential gambling interests that I may have in it to come kickoff tomorrow. Uh, right now, about 75% of the public bets are on West Virginia money line, but about 90% of the money is on Kansas money line. Just a little nugget to keep That's in mind there. That's a tasty nugget for um, our listeners. Last game, and I'm going to let you go first on this one, James. K-State hosting Missouri. Wildcats, eight-point favorites. That's the number we're going to take. It's moved around anywhere from six to nine. It's back down to around eight. So that is where we will take it. Wildcats, do they win by more than a possession? This is tough. I'm I'm going with my heart and taking K-State on this one. Could definitely see a seven-point outcome, which means Missouri would cover. I could see a 28-21 to 21 score. Again, I don't really know what to expect because Missouri looked better than I thought they would in their opener. This offseason, I had Missouri pegged as about a four-win football. Football team relying a lot on freshmen, uh, kids that are true freshmen right out of high school, new quarterback, only a couple of starters coming back on both sides of the ball from a very modest seven win team a season ago that basically beat the cupcakes on their schedule and then got clobbered by all the big boys. So I could see K State winning this game in blowout fashion. I could also see Missouri hanging around and it being about a touchdown difference. I think that K-State should win this game. However, I'm going to do the re- the old reverse jinx yeah. on this one. And I'm going to take Missouri just because I feel like if anything's going to go wrong here, it's my pick on this game. Uh, so I'm going to take Missouri and say they keep it close. I still think K-State should win. But personally, I'd like to see this be a absolute boat race. And that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, but I will take Missouri for our picks segment. Hey. So that... Before we go to the NFL, question for you. Northern Illinois is at Tulsa. It's one of the picks of the week. Mm -hmm. That's the game I have tomorrow on ESPN. Who do you like like in that one? Northern Illinois or Tulsa? It's a six and a half point spread in favor of Tulsa. The influences that I trust are very much in favor of Northern Illinois. You're not allowed to make a pick on that because you're. I can't. And actually, ESPN broadcaster. Yeah, they just sent a memo two days ago. Very strict uh, betting talk guidelines. We cannot say anything on the air about the line or the over under or anything. For the game we're broadcasting, we do have the green light, though, to talk about other games okay. that we aren't broadcasting. See, so for, this is all coming from me. The the sources that I trust, the, the metrics that I listen to, uh, all those people that are smarter than I am, they all like Northern Illinois. They just think that that's, it's a little bit too inflated and that they might have even the advantage to win the game outright. I don't know how I'm going to play that until tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling tomorrow, but I will probably, because you're a part of that game, I will probably put a little bit of action on it just to see (laughs) how it goes, Uh, but it remains to be seen. Now, to the NFL, Saints at Falcons. Saints are five-and-a-half-point favorites. So this one, I picked a couple stinky games and a couple really good ones, but this one's kind of on teetering on the edge of stinky versus good. I take. I think I'm going to take the Saints. I think that uh, the the Falcons are just going to be really bad. That's my opinion. How much are the Saints favored by? Five and a half. I like the Falcons. Saints. Uh, Sean Payton is one of the the best coaches in NFL history against the spread as a road dog, as a road favorite. He's miserable. So I'm going to take the Falcons. Is Sean Payton still the coach at the the Saints? Was it Payton? No, I don't. Has think he not he is. Record, uh, retired yet? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I know it was the Saints. I know it was the Saints. Maybe they have a new coach. 
Sean Payton's not the coach anymore, is he? I don't know. This is this should tell you how much we cover the Saints. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, think they, you? I think they so got a new coach. About the it's yes, it's Dennis Allen. His first year. I thought he right. retired. So well, you're gonna you have to what? ride with it. I'm still riding anyway. with the Sean Payton methodology. <laughs> I'm taking the Falcons. Okay. Did I tell you about the one time last? Uh, it would have been about November. I was driving home from Wichita back to Manhattan, and I caught a, for some reason, over an AM station, scrolling through static, I picked up the Saints game over an AM signal out of Baton Rouge. How does that happen? Yeah, no. I don't know. Crazy things was, happen at night. But I listened to it for yeah. like an hour, and yeah. it was crystal clear. It was I crazy. can get like Spurs broadcast sometimes from San Antonio. It's wild. Yeah. Next game is the Eagles at the Lions. The Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Lions. Uh, give me the Lions all day. I think wow. they cover. I think the Eagles maybe win this game by a field goal, but I think no. this is super close right down to the wire. I, I th- I'm really high on the Lions. However, I am higher on the Eagles right now. Until proven otherwise, I think they win by at least a touchdown, so I will take the Eagles in that one. Packers are at the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Green Bay. I just I think that the Vikings are a really good team. But I need to see them win against a team like the Packers before I stake something on them in in like like betting wise. Like I, I need to bet against them and have them beat me before I can start taking them. So I'm gonna take the Packers. Man, I'm loving this. We've got some major discrepancies this week. Give me the Vikings. It's one and a half. Watch out for that half point. Wouldn't be surprised to see the the Packers win by one on a last-second field goal like they did last year. But I'm actually all in on the Vikings. I don't trust Green Bay and their 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 receiving core. Who's going to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers? We'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, we certainly will. It's going to be um, really a, a surprise to find that out because it could literally be any of the no-name guys that they've got now. Um, Raiders are at the Chargers and the Chargers are four and a half point favorites. I think that the Raiders will hang around and cover. So I'm going to take Vegas. Uh, However, I think the Chargers should win and they probably should blow out the Raiders, but but I just don't see it. I, I like like very much like the Vikings. I need to see the Chargers actually perform the way they're supposed to perform before I start taking them in situations like this. You know what? I'm going to take the Chargers just to be different from you. I could see maybe they win by a touchdown, but I think this is a game that goes back and forth, and the the team with the ball last probably wins. I'm just banking on it. Hopefully, being a touchdown that wins the game instead of a field goal, which would be the difference between this line. All right, last game, Chiefs at Cardinals. The Chiefs are now six-point favorites. This, I think it opened at four and a half, somewhere around there. Uh, but I'm going to take the Cardinals just because I think the Chiefs will win, but the back door is going to be friendly for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think they'll score a late touchdown, and, and since that number is, is six, I think they get within five, four, make it a little interesting in the end, but I don't think they'll ever really f- actually threaten to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I just think the Chiefs on on you know opening day, if you will, 
historically they've looked pretty good week one. Now they've had some losses the last couple of years, you know, in the first month of the season, but usually right out of the shoot, Patrick Mahomes and company play really well. And I don't trust the Cardinals. They're just really beat up right now. Kyler Murray is still dinged up, didn't play at all in the preseason. Rondell Moore is dinged up. They're already without DeAndre Hopkins. Those are his top two receivers. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for taking steroids. And then Rondell Moore is questionable for this game. Either way, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, backdoor cover is definitely alive, but I could see the Chiefs being up by two, maybe even three touchdowns. And then the Cardinals come back late and get it to seven, which would mean the Chiefs still cover the six. All right. Those are our picks for NFL Week 1, College Week mm. 2. Uh, we'll, for all intents and purposes, we'll just call it Week 1 for us our, since it's our first actual week of picks. But that's just about going to wrap up the show for our Friday High School Game Day coming up next with Michael St. John and then, of course, Salina Central at Goddard Eisenhower tonight here, uh, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. James any parting words for the weekend? No, just super pumped to be able to catch some games. My game's not until 6 tomorrow night. I'm hoping to be able to take in most of K-State and just super excited to see what K-State and KU look like. If you're a local just sports fan, what a great Saturday because yeah. K-State plays at 11 and then you get the nightcap with KU. It's going to be a lot of fun, so uh, be sure to tune in. Again, uh, like I said, High School Game Day is coming up next. Michael St. John will get you set up for all the matchups on our Meridian Media Network, and then some, because we got some dandies all around the area, as we talked about in Segment 1. He is James Wessling. I am Jackson Schneider. We will be back on Monday, right here on In the Zone, on 1150 KSAL and 106.7 FM.